HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode of The Grape Nation is brought to you by Washington Wine. With over 1,000 wineries and 70 grape varieties, Washington State is home to wine the world is talking about. Learn more at WashingtonWine.org. Welcome to the Grape Nation, your weekly wine journey. Our guests are Eric, Benny Bloom, and Ryan Zoidis. We'll talk to Benny and Ryan about wine, music, and more. We'll taste a ferment from Dirty and Rowdy and a bunch of other stuff the guys brought in for our weekly wine sip. I'm Sam Ben Ruby. Stay with us for the Grape Nation on the Heritage Radio Network. We bring wine to the people. Ryan Zoidis and Benny Bloom travel the world blowing some of the hottest riffs with legendary funk band Lettuce. They are the Shady Horns. The Shady Horns have played with Chaka Khan, the Wu-Tang Clan, Phil Lesh, and Aaron Neville, to name a few. Eric Benny Bloom hails from Rhode Island and now resides in what used to be New Orleans and now Denver. Um, And Ryan hails from Portland, Maine. Attended Berkeley College of Music with other members of what was to become Lettuce. He played with the Rustic Overtones and now with Royal Hammer. Still? It's really Lettuce full-time now. Lettuce full-time. Yeah. Yep. When they're not playing in Torin, Benny and Ryan are drinking natural wines and running their own natural wine distribution company. Welcome to the Grape Nation, Ryan and Benny. Woo! All right, Thank so you. I want you to give our listeners a little context of where you guys came from. Obviously, you're both New Englanders, but tell me, let's start with how you got into music, how the music thing blew up, and then where wine came in, and then I'll get into some specific stuff about all that. But each of you take a minute or two to yeah. you know, give me that journey. You know, I grew up in Portland, Maine, which is uh, you know, a really great food city, as we all know. But, you know, when I started music, <clears throat> started saxophone in fifth grade, I had a the most inspiring teacher that really pushed us to, to and made us believe that we could do something special with music. And that's where it all started for me musically. And then I met the uh, all the guys in Lettuce when I started at Berkeley for the five-week program, which was still in high school. We were all 15 years old. Is that something you had to like... It's a summer program. and get invited to? Um, no, you just... No, just, you just pay and you go. Well. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. But, you know, my parents were pushing me. Then they are you know, trying to get me in, involved in stuff because I was excelling at saxophone and they wanted me to continue that. So I was lucky to have that support. And then uh, I, I ran into... Uh, I got put in an ensemble with Eric Krasno. Ah. And, and we, we hit it off. He brought me up to the dorm and introduced me to to Jesus Coombs and and Adam Deitch and Adam Smirnoff. He had already met them. So then we started playing together a little bit in the dorm, and we did a cafeteria show and realized that we had some special chemistry. So we, What year was this? This was 92. Okay. That's right. Um, <laughs> and, uh, it's crazy, And right? so, we, so we all had the same feeling. 
you know, and we still talk about it to this day, that there was something special there. And we all loved funk, funk music, James Brown, Earth, Wind & Fire, but we all were bringing different things to the table that each one of us hadn't heard, you know? Right. And that continues to happen now. So it's a now. good collaboration of minds and thought. And exactly. All but all coming from a very similar place. Um, our, our foundation of music growing up was very similar, almost eerily similar. So quick, quickly take me through. So you're in college together, you play, you know, you become sort of brothers and all of that. Yeah. Obviously, you graduate college. What happens after that? Well, we didn't graduate college. We all went from uh, averaged about a year, year and a half, two years. Our Did bass player is the only off? guy that graduated. We started gigging. Is he the band accountant? No. He's just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he, he got his degree. Okay. Um, but you guys left because you were ready to play. Ready to play. And we got gigs. Get we paid for that. We weren't great at college. You know, we right. were great at jamming with each other, but we weren't really going to classes and stuff. So, um, yeah. So that's what happened. We started gigging. Deitch went on the road with Average White Band and Schofield and so everybody Shakira started. and Wyclef. Right. I got the Rustic Overtones thing. We got a huge record deal with Clive Davis. Um, Bowie sang on our record. Uh, it was a magical time for me, and they were all cheering me on. They thought I made it because I got this big, huge record deal at the end of the record era. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right before Napster. It's not what we know it to be now. So they were cheering me on. They were proud of me. And, but musically, it wasn't really where my head was at because I missed that feeling that I had with Lettuce the whole time. You know, I wanted to funk. I wanted to improvise more and all that. So, um, but I, I, you know, did the Rustic Overtones thing for about six years. The record industry collapsed. Right. during that time and then i had a chance to lettuce was starting to everybody kind of wanted to play together again you know so we all what year are we talking now eight nine years later 2002 okay 2010 Easily, basically uh, 10 years the, the thing yeah. didn't really had a we had a hiatus you know because everybody thought that we wanted pop gigs everybody was getting pop gigs or just doing other stuff so did things settle down and start moving forward as lettuce from that point on or a lot of stuff yeah that's it? when it that's when it started but it was soul live was kicking at that point so soul right. live was kraz's trio that he started with the, the evans brothers right and that also slowed lettuce's uh ability to grow and play because kraz was the guitarist was the, and he was doing that right, so right, right. he wouldn't be able so to he do he had all a side thing right. that, that but, frustrate you it did. It's like for a you while. want to move, and he's, yeah, yeah, yeah. he was a little ahead of everybody. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So we, but we wanted to make Lettuce a thing. And um, at that point, he was with a trio. He didn't want to be with a seven piece band splitting up the dough like that. Right. So he was like, I don't know if I can go on the road with you guys. And then eventually we just, he realized he parted wanted to ways. do different things. And we parted ways, you know, on, on great terms. And, uh, and then we now have, the band is at, it's the best it's ever been now. All right, so let Benny jump in now. So, Benny, huh? not far away in Rhode Island. Oi. You grew up. You weren't part of that Berkeley thing. Nope. But you went to <laughs> William Patterson, <laughs> which around my area, that's not a good thing. But there were some good jazz guys there, right? Nice it's intro. Professors. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Um, but you were in the New England Conservatory of Music, which is impressive. So you did... Music in school. Take me from there on. You were one of the later members of the band, but have yeah. been with the band almost a decade. I but know. Let's go backwards and then forward. Yeah. So in kindergarten, I said, <laughs> no, 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 no. I told no. you not. I that, know that bang that you hear is me banging my mic over Benny's head. I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, guys. Um, so here's the deal. Uh, from Rhode Island, blah blah blah. Always genuinely number one all state in. Uh, in classical and jazz every year. Serious. Yeah, generally, mostly. So you were the real deal early. Well, I, was, I, I love music, and I was annoying and an ADD <laughs> and a, not a problem child. So, but yeah, I just loved music, and it was a great uh, way for me to do, you know, a nice outlet, blah, blah, blah. Then I went to college uh, at William Patterson, a really dope school with a lot of famous musicians that have come out of there in North Jersey. It's known as a very good, I hate to say the word jazz still, but... It's, it's one of the best schools in the country, top whatever, 10, 15, 20. And then you would, um, after that, I quit. I used to go to New York all the time. 
played on cruise ships in the summers and you know like you know just not jam cruise no not not now it's different but yeah not the music cruise like no, i used to work people. on carnival and queen mary too right. and the show band i married an australian dancer the whole thing my my favorite ex-wife <laughs> oi she is anyway uh then i went to new england conservatory which is a really cool school it's the better school next to berkeley in Boston next to More Symphony Hall. No, it's a, like, really a really amazing classical school and avant-garde kind of, you know. So were you doing both? I wasn't doing avant-garde, but they have amazing, you know, uh, you know, African American studies. It's just a, it's a, a smaller, more dialed in. No pop music. It's like Berkeley is a full music business. Everything you want to meet. If you want to meet people, and you're gonna to go to L. A. and play in Beyonce's band or something like that, or you want to produce records. You go to Berkeley, and all those people are gonna be in L. A. When you get right. there, and it really is a great thing. So I went to NEC, did stuff, and then you know over the years and the years, I've been around and uh, played. You know, I did a pop band, played in David Letterman, Conan, all the stuff, TV shows in Japan and Italy. Stuff, things, and uh, I met, uh, I didn't even meet anyone from Lettuce. It's funny. They're, I used to listen to them in college, all over. They're, they're famous. The contact? The a good friend of mine, Brian Thomas, an amazing trombone player. He was like, yo, do you want to sub? Do you want to play? We need a trumpet player because the original trumpet player from Lettuce, so the guy that was in it for a long time, Rashawn, plays with Dave Matthews. He uh, is not in the band anymore. And they, he's like, yo, we need a trumpet player for this James Brown tribute gig in, Ma in Maine or Vermont. And I met Nigel Hall and I did good enough that they were like, yo, you're dope. It was so live. It was so live because they're, you know, some of the members do both bands or right. did. So they used to have a good connection. They still do. So... I subbed in that band and they loved me enough that there's like, yo, we're playing a lettuce gig in next week. Do you want to do that too? And I did that. Everyone in lettuce what liked me. This? It was like 2011. So I got both bands in one week, which is a pretty big thing for me. And, uh, you, you jumped on to Yeah, I, I got it to a, Yeah, I, I, they don't let anybody in the crew They're all freaking boyhood, you know, college, uh, high school friends So it's, it's, it's a great thing Thanks, Ryan uh, <laughs> They believed in me yeah. They didn't have anybody else, trust me no, What's they that X on your shirt on the back? What X? Never mind uh, oh. Go ahead <laughs> That's good. You got me. Go ahead. Anywho, so I, you know, um, I'm lucky to be in the fold and hang with these guys are all my best friends and debate. So 2011, it settles in. Yeah, and, and now since then we're talking 2020. Yeah, things are a lot been, different. Uh, touring with the band. All right, so that gets us up to current music life. All right, we're going to talk a lot about music. We're going to talk a lot about wine separately, individually, and all that. This is the goofiest question of the interview, but I got to ask it. Can you draw any parallels between wine and music? Well, for, uh, yeah, of course. Don't manufacture an answer. I'm totally not. We're I, mean, I improvise for a living, so uh, obviously I think it's it's called art, music, food, painting, Agreed. dance, wine. Wine is food. We can do this all day. You know, I think everything is the same. When when people are in the field picking grapes, they're going to listen to iPods or they're home putting a record on or they're old school singing around the piano after a long day's work and a meal. Like, they're singing and doing music. And when I go on stage or some of the biggest times in my life, I'm enjoying a bottle of wine. It's a symbiotic relationship. And if you can't see the parallel, you know, it's very similar to me. And... um I think this goes for most art. Everyone, you know, I think art is... Wine is an art in a way. Wine is... Ex as ex much as it's an agricultural product in the well, farm, yes. it's, it's very... But isn't there an artistic thing in that? Right. Yeah, I mean, everybody has their expression of what their wine is. Right. You know, they could be Music's growing the same expression. grapes. Right. They could be making the same kind of wine, but their expression is going to be different than the other guys. And you're going to know their wine from that. All right, so, Ryan, tell me this. And both of you answer this. When and how did you get into wine? Because it obviously wasn't always a thing. And then tell me that point when the natural wine thing made a lasting impression. Because now, from that point on, it's been very important. So when did you get into wine? I worked at a couple restaurants in Portland, Maine, you know, when I needed some dough and I wasn't touring, you know, and I had a friend that owned one and I, and they were serving like, uh, sp Spanish wines, Portuguese wines, Chilean wines. So you, um, were, you were inquisitive. You nothing were that I would really drink now. 
But back then, I just enjoyed the, the pairing with food. And I was like, wow, I can really get into this. So but the I concept of wine was cool. as a thing was with romantic food. romantic and, and nice, and I, and I enjoyed it. It was a vibe. Um, and then I'm, I'm just interested in all beverages, generally, and how they make you feel, and how they, you know, the history of them and all this stuff. But later on, like, go oh, 10 years later, when um, Peter Hale, Peter and Arenda Hale from... They were in Brooklyn for 15 years working for Marlowe. It's amazing Sons. what they brought to Portland. And they tell brought them, that. And they brought tell them who they are. Yeah, they brought uh, Drifter's wife and Maine and Loire to Portland. Maine and Loire is the bottle shop that they started with, and it was this enormous space. And right uh, on the main drag, right? Well, it's a it's a new part of town that's not the old yeah, port. Yeah, 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 it's right. like this thing. So so they they were one of the first businesses there actually, and a drummer friend of mine, a great jazz drummer named R. J. Miller, who was my roommate in Brooklyn when I lived down here in New York. Was, is living in Maine again. He's like, yo, do you know about this new wine shop? My boy opened it up. He's a drummer too. He brings me there, introduces me to Peter. He's an amazing drummer. And the way that he talked about wine was easily understandable for me because he... Was his he, thing small growers, low intervention, natural? 100% natural. Okay, the so whole, it was an all natural All shop. natural wine bottle shop. So at that point... How much into natural wines were you? A little I, I, had, I had no okay. clue. So that, was, I had so no that clue. was your turning point. That was it. You dug in with him yep. and all of that. And then I, I, my first bottle was a, a bottle of Frank Cornelison Susukaru, the, Ro, the Rosado. Don't you guys uh, we, distribute Frank? Yeah. And, we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah, but I, I, I brought a bottle to Benny. In, a, in my suitcase, and we had a show together in New Orleans. Suitcase boys. All right, and so pass the mic. Finish. Pass the mic to. Uh, Give me that microphone. To Benny. Benny, when did you get into wine? <laughs> I, yeah. And I would think your natural story is a little different than Ryan's, because Ryan's from Portland. W- when did that natural? Tell well, you me know how you got into wine and where the natural thing hit. Well, I know no no one needs an introduction about what natural wine is and everything. And I'm as a, as now I'm in the industry. Now we're both in the industry. The term natural, which is great, and it just wines we're not that, there yet. I, asked I know you how you I'm got sorry. into wine. I thank you, Ryan. And when you got into natural wine, and by the way, all three of us agree we hate the term natural. Okay, wine, good. But we're going to use that now. As thank, a well said. We like low intervention. There we go. We like nothing in the cell. Thank you. We're going to use natural. Okay, wine perfect. Right thank you. You're the man. So, um, I just, you know, I've been drinking wine a long time. I think cruise ships, because I used to do Carnival, there were so many Italians. It's, it's Italian, <laughs> Italian-owned cruise right. line, actually. So, I remember hanging with one of the engineers, and he had, what's the Pinot Grigio, the Valdice, Santa Margarita, oh, the shit. I mean, I mean, Brits are with ice. Well said. Delicious. You know, but when you don't know shit, it's great, excuse <laughs> my language. It's, but you know, I never had anything like that, you know, like, uh, we, but when it was, what, 1998? 19 to 2000 so I just I, I never had something you know I never had something like that so that was my first introduction to wine and then since that I've been drinking wine then I'd have a silver oak or I just whatever I thought was dope and I didn't know and then Ryan brought me right before one, a concert with this famous DJ producer named Pretty Lights um, from like 5,000 people he brought me this he brought, I think it was Frank, I think it was Contadino, I believe, whatever, you know, one of, one of Frank's, uh, you know, super no, sul- no sulfur. Ryan, do you know what year this is about? Yeah, yeah, 2015, let's do 14. Okay. 14. So five, you know, six years ago. You know, yeah, yeah, so, but no, no, no sulfur, you know, the, the most uh, energetic wine I'd ever even think about having. I had a first sip, it was like, it was like, it's like a, it was, it's like a drug. It was, has, so they have like so many. no other wine that made an impression on you. No, that's the, everyone's got the, that was my aha moment. Yeah. And you know, cause there's like just such mineral content and things that just other wines aren't going to get to because they're being doused with sulfur, the whole deal. So it was a beautiful experience. And then I went on stage and it was like, I was just, tra- I was transcended because of the, of the of of how light and beautiful and energetic that wine is, and it made me have a, such a performance. Those are and all, that's that's why we're here. That's why we started a company, and it's, it's right, a big deal for the us. Right so. descriptors. Yep. So we'll come back to that, but ironically, you guys decide you want to get into the wine business. You know. I mean, we're fast forwarding a little, but why and like, what was the plan? I mean, what what was the moment? It's like so. You know, it, was there a. a yeah. Lack or a gap or was yeah, just something were, you wanted? You know, me being from Portland, us traveling all the time and being in, being able to go to San Francisco and New York and experience the movement of natural wine in those major cities and then where I'm from, where we were a, way ahead of the game for a small city. Yeah. Um, we would go to Denver, Colorado a lot. We have a great fan base there. A couple of our band town. members are living there now. So we're, we're there all the time and we're going to all these great restaurants, 
really amazing food and we'd go through the wine list and there was nothing for us that we were really interested in nothing like natural there was a couple but but there we just realized there was a big gap there and and it's crazy and and having a, a, a hip town a college town a young city but listen to this. It's like, you know, how many health conscious people are in Colorado? A lot. Well, They're living to 100 in, in Boulder. That organic food and why yeah. I don't drink organic wine argument is like, why it's not there? I don't know. Exactly. Well, so we thought we thought of that. We had that thought. And we're like, why can't we bring some wines in? What do we do? We had some friends that are in the business there. They run a, they run a bottle shop, a bar, and a, and a new French Marianne restaurant, Marion McLean. And they... Um, they recommended that we look into starting a distribution company so we could bring in the wines that we wanted to bring in. So it's a market you know, it's a market you're comfortable with. It's a market that was so blatantly lacking that should have been ahead of its time. So who well, comes uh, up with the idea like I hey. think I think Ryan might have had the first you know, I'll, you know, he was like, Yo, we we should maybe think about trying to bring these wines and I'm like, dude, you're kinda crazy, but let's talk about it and we just started talking and, and doing it and then we you know, but uh, before we move on, Denver, of course, is not as dope as New York, San Francisco, no, no, Chicago. No. However, they do have like Louis Dresner's there, yeah, Jenny Francois there. But you know, eight years ago, it wasn't the same, and you know, and it's a little old guard. So yeah, we decided to go in there, and uh, and now we're just trying to we we just the idea we we talked to Zev. It was like you know we're a bunch of kids, kids, you know. I've never been in the industry in any way at all, and that's very insulting to a lot of people. But we love—it's we, called wine, and we love farmers. We love life. We love everything that surrounds the this. We don't want to deal with the. We have to understand the industry, and we're gonna have. We have a lot of work to do. But we love wine, and we love everything about it, and we want to bring people together, and that's what it's about. Right, but you're also talking about a business. And you had to set up a business. I don't yeah. know if you got to get bonded. Or no, no, no. Or, we had to do a lot. Yeah, it was a lot of work. Are you kidding me? It was. It was like yeah. I had my lawyer, lawyer, the whole thing. It was. It was getting licensed, getting fingerprinted, and and we knew. Luckily, Marion McLean Hedges and Mary Mary Wright and Mary McLean Hedges know everyone in Colorado. Kind of, they know a lot of people, and they really helped us get together. And now we have. Two sommeliers that are our reps, which is great. A lot of reps aren't sommeliers. So we really got a great so team you, together. How do you select the wines you can distribute? You know, what's available? How do you access that? Well, he, I mean, but at that point, you knew what you liked. You knew who the good yeah. natural winemakers were. Yeah, yeah. How do you, like, who's available? You well, know, I'll, I'll tell you. And who's not? Well, we, we love Zevro Vines, uh, all of his wines. He brings in all these great wines. We love Selections de Lavinia. We love a certain people. Jenny Francois was already there. So, Louis was already there. So, so we contacted these guys, these guys right. and they were like, you know what? Okay, well, you haven't been in the industry, and you know, it's just a long shot, and you guys are kind of crazy, but you have the attitude and the energy that we liked, we had when we started this, and we like your vibe. Like a Zev Rovan. Zev, no, Zev, we, yeah. And say, we'll let you. Yeah, so we went to the office, we met Zev, and and he, as I'm looking at the Zev Rovine bag, and we're drinking a Zev Rovine wine next, and it's, 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 he just let us, he's, he gave us a shot. And his book has been growing, and he has yeah. one of the greatest books in the entire country. And you know, you know, you, you you say I want some items that I can move that have a lot of volume. I have items that are like unicorn wines that I want to bring in. Ryan, get in there. So the first day that we met Zev, we go to his office in Brooklyn, East East Williamsburg, and his office is filled with wine. There's shelves and shelves of wine, all the samples. So we're looking through. We know a lot of them. We're talking about them with him. And we pull three bottles. We drink three bottles in one meeting, a bottle each, basically. And, and that's how we found out what wines were available and what wines would be good for our first order to like, bring to Colorado to he make an impression. Of, you know, suggestions, really. um, and Alvaro from Selections de Lavinia also shares right. an office with him. So those wines are there, too. So by hooking up with good guys who had access to good stuff, you were able to kind of put all your minds together and decide, you know, um, what to do. Yep. So you also, so you brought to the market, you know, some great American natural wine producers, but you're As also well. bringing yep. in European guys, yeah, like a Frank Cornelius. Yeah, Zev generally brings, his most of his book is Italian, Slovenian, uh, French, um, and then he does have like a lot of, you know, Ruth Lewandowski and so many different other American um, domestics, yeah. and the same. Um, then Selections de la Vina is only Spanish, pretty much in South America, and um, 
So yeah, we have a handful of domestics. We're we're really doing a lot of domestics now, and because there's so much not, dope not American to get wine, too deep in the weeds and not too stuck in the business. Yeah. So anybody would love to access that market. You know, Denver's a very happening city. Boulder's yeah. a good town. We saw Denver's we saw an angle. Um, so people can come to you and say, "Listen, distribute these wines for us." Yeah. And they do. Plus, and you they, go they to people do. and exactly. But you know, how competitive is the market? You know, extreme, New York extreme. Is well, I mean, New York is. Has it, it grown to become competitive? It's or extremely the competitive. You hit the ground. It's extremely competitive. Yeah, when because you first started. It was you know, because they're you know these these shops, restaurants, um, places of business. They've been dealing with certain distributors for how many years? And then these new right. kids that aren't in the industry right. come and like, it's I got this amazing wine, wine and they're like, I don't care if you shit about your wine. I don't know who you are. Come back in four months when I have some room on my list. Right. So it's a lot of work. All right, let's talk about the wines. We know that we have friends that love this stuff, and then we know people that think natural wine is funky. Mm -hmm. Right? Just like my man. And without, you know, right, without getting into that too heavily, who better to talk to about funky wines and funk yeah. than you guys? <laughs> you know, natural wines sort of become a lightning rod. Somewhat divisive. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have friends who get it, and then we have friends that are, it's like sort of like Trump and not Trump. Yeah, yeah. You know, you love it or you hate it or whatever. Um, where do you think the organic, biodynamic, low intervention movement is today? Is it still on an upswing? Has it peaked? Is it a boutique thing? Is it misunderstood still? I mean, where are we at with this? You know, when we first got into it, Funky wines were something that we were really drawn to, you know. The f the longer we, you know, the more experience we started having with these wines, this we realized yeah. we realized that there's, you know, classic versions, natural versions of classic wines, and once we experienced those, we started kind of chasing those. Give you me know? some examples. Like, uh, what's one of our best classic Pinot Noirs or or? or oh, like Dixon and Beru. Yeah. Classic Pinot Noir, you know, yeah. There's like we have like um, yeah, Saint and Beru, Francois Nicolet. Um, we have some you know traditional, like you know traditional palate kind of wines with the natural energy. Like we we didn't. I don't. I'm not. I, as when I started, I love off the wall crazy things that are are really vinified in a crazy way. But I also love really traditional things that are just done organically and not added a lot of stuff and not a lot of stuff taken away. But did you come to the realization that in order to be a good businessman, you can't extend just what you like? Exactly. But you have to listen to the market. And as you should. Right? Well, it's like, I'll put this in a music, look at the music term, now do the music side. If I was a musician, I'm just like, I, I love to do what I want to do. But I also, I'm an entertainer. And there's, there's an aspect of that. And I love to make sure people are, you know, I, it's both sides. If you're just going to be like, you know, like just a selfish musician, and like it is an art and you're allowed to express yourself. But, you know, I want to play ball and I, I want people to be happy at the end of the day in every aspect of my life. And I want to do me as well. And, and this business is just an extension of that, in my opinion. So do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, I mean, I, I remember a, a turning point in our kind of approach to this was when this article, an inter interview with Bobby Stuckey came out, and the natural wine world was all, like, offended. They went that crap on they that. They were offended that by it. That wasn't that long ago. Like right, not too long ago. Or something? Yeah, yeah, about a year ago. Wow, that, see, when I used the term lightning rod for natural wines, that, that story was... That, and it's still a so we, we got that idea in our head. We were like, man, this guy Bobby Stuckey's going to be hard to, hard to figure out, we gotta, but we got to, you know, do our best. So now, where are we at with Bobby Stuckey, Benny? Well, well, Bobby's a great dude, and uh, you know he—he's—I mean, I'm—I don't want to get any—he's. Yeah, I mean, you know, he opened a new natural wine, uh, a, a natural wine bar, which in Denver called Sunday Vinyl, which is the greatest vinyl collection and vinyl system and rare. It's unbelievable. Right next to Tavernetta. He's a really, he's a G. And, you know, that like article, a, he said some things. I don't want to get into it. sort of like a Tokyo record bar type exactly. thing. Exactly. Vinyl and music and wine. I went right. to a Tokyo, Tokyo record bar in Mexico City like three weeks ago. There's one in New York, my, my friend. Because like, I'm going. Looks like I'm going. My friend Ariel Arce. Uh, oh. 
But anyway, so Bobby, who is, he's the man. Uh, so you were skeptical about... Uh, well, yeah, I mean, he's a psalm who's been in the industry so long, and he's, we're very intimidated by that whole scene because we're well, not like that. He deserves that cred. I mean, he's yeah, the real he's, deal. Yeah, he's an that. OG, but he said... But he said a lot of things in that article and uh, I don't I don't haven't spoken to him about him nor should I it's it's him and I'm not going to get into it but he we brought him a but he sells a lot of our wines he loves generally everything we take him I also am not going to take him some crazy off the wall stuff I'm going to bring him stuff that are really kind of down the pike and you know and he's loved everything and he's a nice dude so like who am I to say what's happening but so that's a great story. but I but I'm but you know we're There's the a guy that goes on the record with a story yeah, evokes a reaction on every end. You know, you figure, you know, you're gonna do business with them. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe exactly. Biggest. Uh, yeah, and he, yeah. So we're just we, but we're a bunch of kids that just, are running around. Just, just as a sidebar. Yeah. Did he have any idea like what you guys do like for a day job or that wasn't even? Possible? He knows. He's very internet savvy. He knows the band. He loves music, hence the natural yeah. wine uh, music bar. Right. He loves the band. He's super cool and approachable, and he's and he just wants to. He just was was he he welcomed us with open arms, which I I, I didn't know what to think, and we're and we're just trying to bridge the gap between everyone from people that don't know nothing about wine to master psalms to musicians to artists. We just want to drink wine with people and and. Literally, that's it. So here's so. what I don't get. How do you split your time up being a professional musician and running what now sounds like, you know, a serious business? This isn't a casual in. I mean, you guys are into wine. You're into natural wine. You chose the market. You know, you want to get in. How do you split the time up? I mean, I didn't realize. I thought you were living in New Orleans. Ryan told me that you moved, and yeah. that was step one. You had to be yeah. in the market. So how do you do it? Because yeah. you, you effers are as busy as it gets. Between the bands, the side projects, we're in New York City at the Blue Note, you know, with Adam Deitch, you know, who's the drummer for Lettuce, who has a side project. Mm -hmm. You know, you're the rhythm section, the horn section and all yeah. that. Yeah. So how do you split that up? So, you know, Benny really took the whole business by the horns and, and, and went to Colorado and committed to it 100%. I'm raising my daughter in Maine. She's nine years old, and I have that to do. When I'm off, when I'm off the road, I have to go there. You know? Who do you think's doing a better job? Him running the business or are you raising a daughter? That's a loaded <laughs> yeah. it's, it's about the same. They're, they're both thriving. I mean, look, you know. He, I think you know, Benny's going to say him. No, I would never say that. His daughter is the dopest human in the world. She's way cooler than both of us. You know, even though Zoid's a real son of a gun, slick haired son of a. Poop. So, by default, to the he, fact that Ryan became a dad. You got your ass over to Denver, and you could be on the ground more. I wish he was there more, and we all, we you know, of course. But you know, he's he's raising his daughter, and 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 it's who am I to say? And luckily, I have time right now to do this. And now I'm putting some people in place that are like my my right hand man that I'm Paul's Lysak, who's um, Assam from uh, New York, who's the freaking man, and now he's part of the company. And Christian Hammer, I have some great people that are helping. So you have guys on the real and but. Not even guys yeah, on the ground, but like sommeliers that are like dope that loved all, no all traditional and natural wines, and you know Ryan is like an overseer. He's got great concepts. He's he's finding we're all finding our roles in the company. I'm not going to chide him like I did in the beginning. We're trying to find our roles. You passed that right? Yeah, I mean we're in a band together. We're best friends. We can't. Like, I'm not going to let this business ruin the, our relationship with the band. And now we're in a different place. Remember and before the interview, you were telling me, you know, he's you were thinking of, about throwing him out. And well, I was, I mean, yeah, yeah. I definitely, I did try to give away all of his shares, actually. <laughs> he did, huh? Yeah. He's so you have it, you're settled in yeah, as far really as the business. You know, and it's manageable? Well, this, this last tour that we just went on, we just went to the Grammys. We were out for a full month and a half, basically. Straight? And, yeah. Just pounding? And, and when this happened, like, that hadn't happened since we started the business. We'd been done two-week runs, three-week runs in the States, everything domestic. So it was the biggest test today. So, And we realized together, we finally agreed on this, that we really need to you know, get, give those guys a little more responsibility, let them buy into the company a little bit, give them some incentive, and let them run it when we're gone so we feel good about it when we're not there. But also, exactly, well said. And But right now, I'm also... It, it like, is well said, because the way you get work done is through other people 
A good manager is yeah. the guy who gets the job. A hundred percent, especially if you can't be there. My role change, uh, roles change. Right. You know, so when I'm so so quickly, you know, when I can, generally I'm up in the morning, try ish, you know, ten o'clock, you know, and I'm doing emails. <laughs> I'm ordering wine. I'm checking on inventory. I'm getting bills paid. I'm I'm checking who's not paying their boat. You know, the whole thing. And then at night after the gig, I'll do some more stuff. I'm making a price book. I'm going on the on the website. You know, I have to do that because. My, my guys aren't getting that's not their job yet like we don't know what where we're going to be and it's important like if i'm going to have this major business i can't just be like you hanging feel out at this point you guys have a good grasp on it i, mean, I would never, love to say yes but right but but better than you know than eight, months. nine months ago I, yeah I mean, you feel good about it. yeah Any we have aspirations about doing this in another state i don't we're gonna make we're gonna have a wine eventually um, like I think next wine. year Yeah we have No we have a good One of our wineries That we represent Subject to change In California Super dope Amazing Zero zero wine The man uh, he, is, he has a lot of Custom crush So he has a lot of Juice left over And I'm gonna go Next year And like blend A bunch of things Make a soup Maybe a lettuce Funk wine so And then maybe A Benny and Zoid Yeah maybe it's Benny and Zoid With a cartoon of us In the front being funny And Let me know about that we'll Yeah let, We'll let You know And then know that'll be it. Distributed around the country That wine yeah, that which is would be cool. You could jump on all the yeah, other thank people. You. Um, you know, you guys are outside of New York. You're in Portland. You're now in Denver. You sort of changed the scene a little. Mm. Um, would you say that the natural wine scene has sort of upped as far as the game? I mean, Portland. The Warren Main guys brought it in. Ha, have they added since other guys have come in? Well, yeah, when, when, when they. When they came in, the whole restaurant scene changed the way they buy wine because they were they literally would go to the producers and get the producers hooked up with the importers, and then every restaurant you go to now has definitely one natural wine on the menu at least. You know. That's good. It's huge. And Benny, same thing in Denver, right? Yeah. Well, I so, uh, you mentioned all the big natural guys are in and all of that. I want to quickly say, yeah, like, there's a couple places, you know, like um, my friends, there, there were people before me, but now we are totally changing the menus and all these things. But what we're doing is because we're musicians, like I'm going back for a week. I have a week off. And instead of like chilling and smoking weed, you I'm, can't. I, no, of course not. So what I'm doing, I'm doing the first music event at Bobby Stuckey's. It's a vinyl. I'm bringing in my famous, my friend, Chris Carnes. He's scratching, doing his thing, and I'm playing along the trumpet, taking over the glass pours one night we'll go in a place out Wyman Hotel in Silverton where a famous restaurant is doing a pop-up we're doing a wine pairing then I have a concert at an art art gallery and I'm pouring all my wines there like I'm in I'm trying to make music and wine to, and art right. come together like it should be and that no one's really no offense maybe some are but no one's really doing that and I'm not saying I'm cool or not. I just think it's what I want to do. When I want to go out, that's what I want to see. I'd love to see oh, you're art. you're cool. You're sitting here in your pajamas. I am. <laughs> Come on. I'm in leopard pants and a Monet shirt. <laughs> I am. I know. We're almost done. We're almost done. I right, like this. So I'm, I'm not playing tonight. A couple things. We got to wrap up, but we don't. nobody leaves without doing the wine list. I'll tell you what that is in a second. But let's do some plugs. Let's talk music for a second. Um, primarily, we're talking lettuce, right? I mean, that's the yeah. main gig. Yes. What's going on with lettuce in the near you know, future and going into spring, summer? We have a record in the can, done, uh, mastered. Called, it's going to be called Resonate. And the last record is Elevate. Elevate, yeah. Right. And these, these records, we have three records that we're going to put out. This, is, this will be the second one that we recorded mostly in one session. We were trying to make one record. We ended up making three. Wow. And Enough we material? We, yep. Yeah. And we recorded all this When's music. When's coming out? This is coming out in April. All right. The so second, a, a tour to support? You oh, yeah. on the road? Uh, we're going we're gonna to be playing are out. Are you on now? Or you're... Well, we're about to go to Europe for a month. Starting when? February 15th. Okay. And you'll be there how long? A full month. Okay. 25 so cities. Back in the States, April or whatever. March 15th, we're back. Okay, so if people want to know tour dates and crap and all that... They, they can go to the thing. Lettuce. They, got the they go to Lettuce. Yeah, we also, lettuce just came, we also just came back from the Grammys. I don't know if you knew about that. We got a Grammy nomination. You got a Grammy nomination. For our album. And who won that? Someone else, not us, but it was our first nomination, so it was huge. Yeah, it's just... <laughs> it's, just it's just the beginning. I have a feeling it's just... <laughs> 
<laughs> it's just the beginning. Yeah. Anywho. Um, all right. Now, what about side stuff? So I mentioned earlier, we're sitting here in New York um, at the Blue Note Legendary Jazz Club. You know, I grew up in New York. My dad used to take me here to bring guys. That you can't oh, so believe. cool. Just because my old man knew what was going on. We'd go to the Vanguard around the corner. Vanguard. All that stuff. Yeah. Um, How about the uh, so Augies? Who? Uptown Augies. Little. Jazz, we, the we Jazz Gate. The, What's the Village Gate? There village we go. Gate. We used to go to the Copa. I mean, oh. we did everything. Copa, Copa, we'll Copa tell you, man. beats me at this stuff. All right. Um, Hector Laveau. My dad was huge into salsa. Um, Anywho. Um, all right. So what about side stuff? We're not really doing yeah, too... So side stuff between the wine and... Yeah, I've kind of given up. Ryan doesn't do too much of that in general. I used to do a lot living in New Orleans, and I, you know, I, I lettuce is at, in a zone right now. They've been in a zone, and I love playing with them. And nomination. yeah, I mean, you we're, know, we're I doing, mean, you know, bless you. What All else? Right. So, how many days are you on the road? Oh, geez, one one fifty. One fifty. Let's do one twenty. How was that raising a kid? It's great. It's She's fine. The time. When I'm home, I'm off. So the Hunter, time is uh, the best. Okay. Yeah. This episode of The Grape Nation is brought to you by Washington Wine. Great wine requires great fruit, and Washington State's wine-growing region have that department covered. Washington is home to 14 growing regions, 1,000 wineries, and 70 grape varieties, including Riesling, Chardonnay, Cabernet Sauvignon, Merlot, and Syrah. Learn more about Washington Wines and their growers at WashingtonWine.org. During this time, it's more important than ever to support independent growers and winemakers no matter where you are there are options to shop online and join washington wine clubs that ship nationally find out about the wines the world is talking about at washingtonwine.org to show up with two things. We do a thing called the wine list, and we do a thing called the weekly wine sip. We're just going to talk about a couple of the wines we tasted. All right? So here's the wine list. We subject all our guests to five questions. Whoa. Answer quick. Don't dwell on them. Every week, we ask our guests the same five questions. All right? So the first question is, what are you drinking now? What are you trying? What are you tasting? What's in the fridge? Are you shifting seasonally? Benny, you have the mic. You go first. What are you drinking now? I mean, in my hand or in general? In general. Uh, you know, not, not I own a wine them. distribution company. I got like uh, like 200 wines I can drink. It's well, hard. What, what, what you know what I've been drinking? I, I, I've been drinking. Um, I'm going in on Burgundy again. You're going with Burgundy? Yeah, but like, you know, really kind of like Fancy hands. Burgundy? No, hands off Burgundy. Okay. No sulfur as much as least as possible. And just, you know, no light filtration. And so just, the yeah. newer Burgundy makers. I wouldn't say newer. I'd say those well, are the originals. Believe it or not. Those are the originals. Most Burgundy guys made Burgundy naturally. That's they what were, I know. I know. Yes. The guys that were And Beaujolais. Yeah, of course. Right. All right. What about you, Ryan? Well, when we showed up in New York, our Spanish importer took us out, and he brought all the Partida Cruz wines, which so are Spanish. So there's the answer. You get a and chance because of accessibility. Got all of them. So Partida Cruz, okay. And those wines have been known to be a little bit wild, and you know, a little volatile acidity, maybe some mouse here and there. But the ones that he brought were open for two days, stable, delicious. We ate Wu's, Wu's Wonton King with him. Oh, Wu's is a no um, liquor license. Yeah, I mean, they, you they make whatever you want. They make a, a bunch of pet gnats. And, uh, I almost brought a pet gnat from Maine. But oh, like, Oyster River. River? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those guys are amazing. Yeah. yeah. All right, second question. Goofiest question of the lot. Quick answer. Favorite wine and food pairing. You got one? Something, not something you eat every night, every week, but something that, like, Man, this chicken and this burgundy, this is perfect. What could you think of? Uh, kale, no, 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 no. I've been doing a lot of like arugula and like kale sound, like some that kind of vibe with, with some like chocolate. Chocolate. Yep. Okay. I think I'm going to end the show right there and yeah. shoot myself. All right. All right. The other day we were out. So we're, we're out. So right. and, and, and it was part. Partita, no, no, that's good. It was basically. First time ever. Partita Cruz's version of Lambrusco. I don't even know what the grape was. Partita Cruz's, so a sparkling, sparkling red, red. little light. little tannic, but with, light, good acidity. With Peking duck. Yeah, perfect. Now that was dope. Benny, spell chocolate. T X O 
L I L I N A. Fuck. Close enough though. You got the first two lines. All right, we gotta move on. We gotta move on. You guys gotta hit the stage soon. Go, go, go. All right. Third question. You could give me anywhere. You could do New York, Denver, Portland. Favorite wine restaurant and or bar. A place that has the selection, the vibe, the knowledge. You know, you go in there and you go, this is just good wine place. Can I do like three places? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I got to give props to Maine and Loire in Portland. Drifter's wife is one. Frenchette. Maine and Loire, Drifter's. Frenchette, Jorge Riera is the Um, best. And then Bufalina in Austin. In Austin? I the dope pizza dope spot. So right, I'm gonna go. No, no, I'm gonna live on that. I'm gonna do night moves, in night LA. market, night market, night market in LA. In LA, I'm gonna go. You said Bufalina. That's okay. You could say it too. Ops, ops in Mr. in Brooklyn. Bufalina, Mr. Bobby Bufalina, ops pizza. Bobby Boof. Yeah, ops pizza. Yeah. Bobby Boof. Um, and then uh, I'm gonna leave, I'm just gonna leave it right there. That's it. Okay, ops pizza is a good one. All right. Fourth question, fourth of fifth of five questions. Favorite all-time wine. When I asked the question, it was what was the rarest, most expensive wine you ever drank. The question has morphed into what's a wine that's important to you, that changed you. You know, it doesn't have to be rare. What's an important wine to you? Ryan, you go first. It could be that wine at Loire in Maine. I mean, I mean that's I mean, the I'm, type of. You thing. know what? People are getting sick of hearing about it. And, you know, it's a little bit cliche to, to mention his name again, but I got got to give it up to Frank Cornelison. Okay. And no, say, no, 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 no. And say that that, that Susukaru, the, the Rosado, for years. the Rosado, when I first had it, it was salty, strawberry. So uh, that's a wine juice. that resonates with you. It's, it still does. Even as, those wines have changed so much over the years. Danny, you got something like that? What is it like? Freaking Jamey, the really cool uh, Cornas. You know, like, you know, it's a oh, really... Oh, Chimay. Yeah, Chimay. Not Cornas. Uh, no. Roti. Uh, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean... That's I, classic. Yeah, I know, but it's still it's still done, no, no, done no, correctly. No, awesome yeah. older vintage. Yes, and I'm... Well, I'm Chimay, J-A-M-E-T, Co-Roti. Yes. yes. Co-roti. That's a really classic some, That's a good answer. Thank you. So you got new, you got old. All right. Um, last question. You guys, yeah. you guys should be able to answer this because you're in the business. I'm looking for a recommendation... For the best wine, around 15, 20 bucks retail. Here's the setup. Willie's going to a party. He can't bring a crappy $8, $9 bottle of wine. He can't afford 40 So he's got to kind of rock these people's worlds with a $20, $22 bottle of wine. Give me a red reco. Give me a white reco. Here we go. You can give me categories like Muscadet. You Here we go. Makers. Chirelli, Francisco. Uh, Francesca, what is C-I-R-E-L-L-I, Cirelli. That's the uh, maker? That's the maker. Is in a, um, I believe it's in um, Abruzzo. And that's why uh, fully biodynamic producer does Cerezuola, uh Treviano, Montepulciano. Twenty bucks. No, rank? from like from like seventeen that's to twenty one, and fully biodynamic, no sulfur. And they make Pecorino. They have like four different ones that they have amphoras. Anyway, there you go, Ryan. Give me what was that? Red, red and white. You know what? I'm gonna go with Papeño, the leader. He's gonna show up to the party Spell with a chilled. Spell Papeño. Chucky Maravetta. Papeño. P P I P I P E N O. Okay, and he's making what varietals? He's Pais. Pais. It's mostly Pais. Pais. So it almost has a has a nose like mezcal, and it really and it's light light drinking, and it's a liter, and it's it's nineteen bucks, and, and it's show up with chilled red at a party, and he's gonna be the man. It's interesting stuff, right? Yeah. All right, good choices, go. guys. You did a good job. You didn't dwell on it. You gave me some interesting answers. Just for my listeners' sake, I post all these answers on Please. our uh, social media sites. Yeah, cool. We post the wine list. Um, we post what we're drinking tonight. This is the best wine ever. Yeah, let's do this. That, that's why people. This is dope. I'm calling. Right, we gotta wrap this show up. Um, Who are we thinking? No, wait, wait, wait. We do a thing called the weekly wine sip. Every week we taste a different wine on air. I brought in, in sort of tribute to you, a dirty and rowdy. But it's not just Hardy's. It was a collaboration Michael with Michael Cruz. Cruz. It's a ferment, which is a Hungarian wine. That's right. Um, which they usually make toke with it. Now, the second wine that we produced, I'm hoping this is one of your wines? Yep. Okay, this is what? Jean-Yves Perron from Savoie. This is a Moscato. 
So it's the the name but of the wine is Evicini. No, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and then the, the producer is John J E A N. Yeah, Jean Yves Peron. Spell Peron. P E R O N. Okay. And this is what's the grape? I believe this is the. Um, I believe it's Moscato, but it's. Uh, what do you call it? Um, skin contact. It's, I was it's say, like a papaya it's sandwich. Sort of an orange skin contact. Yeah. So for all it's you freaking dope. that you know, only have to order. It's like wine. it's a tropical, yeah, beautiful it's vibe. It's this is delicious. It's got a little grapefruit. Definitely. It's got. It's dope. Uh, and then the other one we have that we did it. We're just getting to is by Clolentisco Salapenades. Um, it's All right, we gotta spell, spell, spell. I mean, I'll spell put everything on this. Clo, C L O S, Clo, Clo, Lentiscus. This is this is this is this yeah. is Clo Lentiscus coming up. L I L E N T I S C U S. Clo Lentiscus. But of course, they use a lot of their. I interviewed him at the Raw Wine. He is the him and his daughter Nuri. Daughter's beautiful. She's the greatest. However, they do a lot of sparkling. His nickname is the Bubble Man. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of our major produce people we represent. And. That's exactly what that is. No, it's like no, it's like what is it called? Cartoje Vermelo. Where's Where's my importer when I need him? Hey, we gotta play. We gotta play in like I have to play in eleven minutes. All right, listen to me. We're wrapping up. Teeth. Don't go anywhere. Don't We're go wrapping up. All right. So we <laughs> tasted two of the three wines. I'll yep. post them. Yep. All three of the wines that we tasted are wines that you guys distribute in Colorado. Yes, exactly. And you're you know big guys. I want to remind everyone you distribute American wines and European wines That's in right. Colorado. Thank you. And the name of the company is Benny and Zoid, right? Selections. Selections in Colorado. All right, guys, we got to wrap up. We got to wrap up for two reasons. One, I have a headache. And two, you got to go on the air. That's okay? right. Don't, don't feel bad. It's from the wine. All right. So if you have a question, suggestion, wine happening, or event, hit me up at samatthegrapenation.com. That's samatthegrapenation.com. Subscribe to the Grape Nation podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods. Follow us on Facebook at The Grape Nation, on Instagram. We're at SBenRuby. On Twitter, we're at BenRuby. I know it's confusing, but always use the hashtag The Grape Nation on both. As I mentioned, we'll post Ryan and Benny's wine list answers and all the weekly wine sip wines that we tasted um, on our social media sites. Ryan, Benny, if we want to follow you guys on social media, we can follow Lettuce. What's Lettuce's? Lettuce Funk on Instagram. Lettuce Funk on Instagram. And then Benny and Zoid Selections. And Benny and Zoid Selections. Selections, yeah. And you guys have personal accounts? Or you yeah, yeah. Zoidis, my last name. Z O R D I S. Yeah, Eric Benny Bloom is mine. And Eric Berry, Benny Bloom. All right, guys, we're going to wrap it up. Thank you to our guests, Eric Benny Bloom and Ryan Zoidis. Thank you to our engineers and everyone at the Heritage Radio Network. I'm Sam Ben Ruby, and you've been listening to The Grape Nation. The Grape Nation is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. And thanks for listening.